Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast with Rick Fox. We're here to talk about the industry with some of its biggest influencers. From technology, trends, and current events, if it's happening in insurance, you'll hear about it here. Make sure to tune in every week and join in on the conversation with us on social media at Vertifor. And now, here's Rick Fox. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the VIP, the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. I'm the host, Rick Fox, and I've got a couple of gentlemen on the line today that I am extremely interested in hearing talk. They have been in the business for not quite as long as me, but I like to pretend like they're older than I am. Uh, and they know their stuff. They work for a carry. They work at Westfield Insurance. We have my man, Chris Klein, distribution specialist leader, and he is the host of one of the best, not the best, one of the best insurance podcasts called Closing the Gap. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, Rick. And also Craig Welsh, who is the chief distribution and marketing officer at Westfield. So these two guys have, uh, like I said, been around. I'm very interested in having them. Craig, welcome to the show, my man. Thanks for having me. And if you hear any background noise when Craig's talking, we were lucky enough to get him, but he's sitting in an airport waiting to board a plane. So people around him are probably wondering why he has a serious look on his face as he's doing this. So we're going to try to keep it light, let it be conversational and see what, uh, see what we can get out of this. So let's jump in. I want to do 30, 60 seconds from each of you to kind of just give us your journey. Tell us how you got here, kind of what that looks like and uh, how we went from being a Dayton zip to now being what you are now, Chris, tell us. Well, I guess first and foremost, I was never a Dayton Zip. I was an oh, Akron, Akron Zip. Zip. I'm Akron. A yeah. Ohio, man. There isn't that all the same. Sorry, I just I just offended Ohio people yeah. right there. I mean, you can you can you can you can uh, you know take off your your you know your wayfarers there in SoCal and um, <laughs> look at what, look at a map in the Midwest next time, Rick. But uh, I, I couldn't hear you. I was walking and my flip flops were making too much noise. Sorry. I'm about sure. That. Yeah, the waves are crashing too loud over your. Uh, umbrella drink but no and all okay Akron Akron. zips my bad I knew it was the zips I just got the first part wrong and for those Dayton flyers that you might have offended let's at least get that correct (laughs) (laughs) but in all sincerity I appreciate you know obviously the chance to be here um I am not um most as most of us are not um I guess organically built insurance professionals I actually have a fine arts degree majored in graphic design have a minor in illustration and photography um Started off my career as a graphic designer here, but really after that, went all over the place, but, you know, really came to develop my, my passion for agencies and the independent agency channel and how much diversity uh, there is amongst that group and how they run their business and attract ca- uh, talent. About 15 or 16 years ago, and maybe 17 now, time's flying, uh, as a sales manager for us for personal lines and really just went... Um, got my feet wet out in the field and moved through different roles and personal lines, training, compliance, uh, led a P&L region, and really for the last seven years um, uh, with Craig leading agency distribution here and have uh, just to really develop the passion for what these, what these folks leading agencies and what they're up to. I love when, I love when, Chris, we've had some conversations uh, before. We've had you on one of our roundtable webinars. I've been on your your podcast. We're becoming 
uh, old friends other than the fact that I just insulted you or maybe didn't insult you, but at least didn't know what school you went to. Uh, but you know what I love about you is you're, you're a straight shooter and you do, you, it is, takes about five seconds to figure out how much you care about this industry and these, and, and our people in this industry. And I'm, I've always, I always love it when people are in that mindset and you fall smack dab in the middle of that. So I'm very, very, uh, I'm a fan, Chris, just so you know. Um, well, flattery flattery right. gets you everywhere. Gets me everywhere. Gets me off the hook for calling Akron, Dayton, Dayton, Akron, that whole thing. So let me shift over to the, the uh, jet setter at the airport there. Craig, tell us your journey. Yeah, thanks, Rick. I, I think I'm already seeing the struggle of being on a podcast with somebody who hosts a podcast. Uh, Chris, you'll do, you'll do, you'll do great. I feel like the third wheel here, which is, uh, which is probably some humbling I need. Um, but I, uh, much like Chris, uh, although I wasn't, I didn't have an arts background, but, but was, was fortunate to join Westfield right out of college and, uh, and really just build a career here um, in a number of different ways. So started in, in field underwriting, um, moved on to uh, a specialty niche that we have in, in agriculture, um, you know, worked uh, helping in the build out of that niche, um, uh, ultimately led the, the agribusiness division at Westfield and always had a, had a passion and a focus um, on, our, on, our, on our agency system and had an opportunity seven years ago when we knew we needed to start to do things differently as we look at management of our agencies. Um, so was, was selected to, uh, to lead um, agency distribution management for, for Westfield and then about a year and a half ago also picked up responsibilities for the, for the marketing and corporate communications. So um, it's, been a, it's been a great run. Um, I've had a lot of great opportunities uh, to work with and meet a lot of people in this, in this great industry. And, and uh, Craig, don't sell yourself short. Like guys like, like Chris and I who host podcasts, you, you know, we do that because we love to hear our own voices. So what we say in like 600 words, you can get the point across in about 50. So you'll probably be the star of this show anyway. So um, welcome to the show, Craig. Glad to have you on. Go back on mute until it's time to talk again. And we will, so, so let's kick it off. So these guys, these guys know their stuff. Westfield Insurance, I, I put them very high on the list of carriers that know kind of, they, they, they've, they've got a really good understanding of what it takes to succeed in this industry, what it takes for them to support. Obviously, these guys are from their distribution channel work. They work day, day in and day out with agents. So they got, they got that dialed. So what they, what we talked about this before and I think it's, it's just going to be a really interesting conversation. They have what they call the big three plus one that we're going to discuss. So before we discuss what the big three plus one is, uh, Chris, why don't you tell us how you got there? How did we get to this sort of title and talk track that I think everyone is going to really enjoy? Yeah, I'd love to give you the context there. And um, it's funny you mentioned that you and I take 600 words to say what Craig can say in 50, because in full disclosure and throwing my own boss under the bus, we both share brevity, working on brevity uh, on, on our development plan. So I don't, I don't know that you get 50 words from Craig. <laughs> so this, this, might be a, this might be a three hour podcast, by the way. 
Let's go. Let's go. I got nowhere to be. I got, let's yeah. do this. <laughs> Just kidding. Listeners. Don't, 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 we, we won't be on for three hours. Stay in. This is going to be good. Stay with us. Yeah. So long as Craig's flight doesn't get delayed, but, you know, but in all sincerity, I, I appreciate the chance to talk about this because it really is the culmination of about a decade's worth of, of insight and bringing together several different things uh, I guess in as succinct of a way as possible to drive meaning around what we see in the industry. And about a decade, 12 years ago, we, you know, we set out on an effort to really understand our agencies, um, but through the lens of the future rather than the past. And I, you know, most carriers, as you would know, Dylan, go through an exercise of assessing their agencies, probably ranking them, coming up with programs to recognize and incent growth. And in many ways, at least here at Westfield, that was a very forward-looking approach to trying to set the course for the future. So you use historical uh, production data uh, with mm -hmm. it at Westfield. But what we set out on, and every couple of years, we completely refresh our approach here, but we're trying to find the leading indicators that predict the possibility for success or the likelihood of success in an agency, and then how do we get aligned with those? So some deep cultural things went along with that, you know, letting go of, of some baggage and some points of views on the metrics that uh, we use to assess agencies. And we really had a great deal of success in that. And the reason I spend a few extra seconds there on that is it has become incredibly predictive and very, very um, accurate in helping us align with the best performing agencies and when we say align that could be our field service model our compensation structure uh, other benefits and services that we bring to our agencies and quite candidly even just the attributes of agent what we look for in new agency partners so that's been iterative it's been a lot of heavy lifting some agencies love it some of us think we're off our rocker but it has really proven to be true and given us great insight well, and having run an agency, the the number one thing I remember from carrier partners uh, that used to frustrate me was when there was not added value from the carrier level. And obviously, you guys have not only taken the time and energy, but come up with a pretty succinct plan that you can have a really good conversation with agencies, with your agencies, with potential agencies at any given time. And I think for our listeners to have this kind of, you know, checklist or, you know, um, at least roadmap to, to how, you know, like you said, your best performing agencies are kind of getting that done. I, I want to jump in. So let's go. All right. So the big three plus one, first one on that list of the big three. And when we get to the plus one, I'll have you explain why it's not the big four. Uh, but the big three, let's start with a, a topic that's always out there, but it is, uh, it is very, very relevant now, especially as our, our me median age of agency owners continues to go up. Uh, perpetuation. Craig, let's start with you. Yeah, I think that you, you nailed it, Rick. This is kind of core um, to the to the industry right now, I think it's what everybody is everybody is talking about. Um, you know, we see what's playing out with with M and A activity, um, and that obviously grabs the headlines. But um, there's a lot of of uh, merger and acquisition activity that's happening uh, amongst privately held firms that doesn't hit the presses, and there's a lot 
um, that's happening, you know, for internal perpetuation of agencies for, for that type of transition. Um, but probably not a, not enough uh, in that last in that in that last bucket. Um, and I, the challenge for the industry is uh, perpetuation starts with with talent. You know, you can't perpetuate your firm unless you have, you know, that that next generation, that next generation in place. And so, um, you know, this this uh, this area of focus around perpetuation, um, which we're passionate about, you know, how can we how can we help agencies? Um, what are the things that we can do as a as a carrier, um, even if it's just small things? You know, it's a it's a it's a huge focus for us, but connected to this is the the uh, the challenges around talent and how do we get more people into this industry from other industries from from you know recent college grads and and, and everything and, and, and everything in, in between um, and the trends I think are getting better um, as we look at average average principal ages um, uh, but you know there may be some data out there I actually just saw some data today that showed average producer age for best practices agencies. And um, that number has remained flat now for, I believe, five years in a row. So okay. not just okay. principals, but we're also maybe seeing maybe not as, as much new talent coming into the, coming into the, the, the industry as we need. And if you like, so, so the other thing, like I've always said, and people listening in this have always said, there's two ways out of this business as an agency principal, you're either acquisition or perpetuation and that's it. And, and obviously as a family business, maybe you're even a second generation owner at this point, third generation, that, that perpetuation, it's a family business. Uh, that, that's first and foremost is, do I have a family member? Do I have a son or a daughter? And what's great to see is I, I don't remember what the stat was, but the, the perpetuation to daughter versus perpetuation to son numbers are climbing, which I, I see as a very positive thing for this industry. Uh, but you know, you have to also look at the acquisition side, which is in, in essence the same conceptually end game, which is you better be prepped and ready, not only talent wise, but, but tech wise and everything else to, to sail off into the sunset. Uh, Chris, do you have anything to add on that one or do you want to go to number two? I'd love to just bolt on to that a little bit because I think Craig nailed it. I, I figured bit. you would. I, I kind of ah, figured you would. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'll, I'm not even going to promise 600 words, but but seriously, you know, Craig alluded to this, um, you know, very well. Perpetuation is attached to talent acquisition, and when we think about the big three plus one, this first bucket actually in our world we we view that from talent acquisition all the way through internal perpetuation. Um, because it's so important to create a pipeline of talent, um, next generation of folks, and be much, much earlier, very intentional and very systematic. And how do you identify as soon as possible talent in your organization who will have the attributes of a potential leader and potential owner, shareholder of your agency? But not only that, that might have the aptitude or the desire to live a leveraged lifestyle through you know majority of their adult life. So getting really in front of that, laying out a systematic plan and to talk about the financial uh, transition that that could look like for somebody is so huge so that you're not advanced in age trying to look for what's next for your agency and, and there really isn't there. And we see a number of agencies out there that have that skip generation in their ownership model 
it makes it really hard to transition um, ownership to people uh, at certain points in their lives. So being very intentional about, about that is huge. And to attract that next generation, we've spent a lot of time talking about culture. And um, there's a lot of folks out there that say the millennials and the folks behind them don't want to work, um, but they're but they're out there busting their tail every day. Right. We just have to ask whether they want to work for us. And if they don't want to exactly. work for us. Um, and have you created old. an environment that is that is warm and welcome for them because they have expectations, I think, and, and they need a vision and they need they need to feel like they're they're going towards something. So I I, I love that. All right, I, I we got to move on. You got between me and between Chris and I, man, this is just. I mean, this literally might be the three hour thing. I'm glad that Craig's at the airport because otherwise he'd be yelling at us more than he is because he doesn't want to make the the person that's sitting next to him that's waiting for their their whatever section to be called on the plane to get up. So number two, okay, perpetuation was number one. Number two, digital and marketing. Uh, Chris, the, we'll go to you first this time since we went to Craig first last time. Yeah. And we'd probably spend more time on the perpetuation side of things. So some of these become a little less, you know, less, uh, in, in depth, but as we think about what do we see the trends out there that best performing agencies are embracing or spending time and resource in, and that's in this area. And I might even paint a broader label for this and call it the overall customer experience. And it's beyond cliche to talk about the ever-changing demands of the customer. It's 24-7 and right. be able to do business when and where and how they want to do things. But it's, when, you know, when you set that aside and look at it, there are some agencies out there that are doing really, really cool things. And they're investing differently and they're, they're, they're kind of restructuring their expense model and allocating resources to the tools that it takes to really create a much better customer experience. And you see that by way of, uh, their NPS scores and the tools that they use to track those types of things. And the, the, just the way they're investing in giving customers the opportunity to do business when and where and how they want. Um, it seems daunting. It's still a relationship business. We know that um, still, you know, 40, 45% of the customer base out there, regardless of demographic, wants to do business one-on-one. -on -one. They want the advice and counsel of, of an independent agency. Uh, market share continues to show that, but that looks differently in a digital age. So if you're not investing in all of the social media platforms and really using that to tell your story, attract consumers, attract talent, giving people a way to interact, uh, you're really missing out. You're losing to people who are. And we see more and more agencies in our best performing group and around the industry that are spending a lot of time here and really doing well. Craig? Well, I, I feel like I've got to add on, right? Chris added on, so I get to add on too. Um, th this yeah, is just a little do it bit with less words. Just, just get uh, to the point already. There we go. Oh my gosh. And I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick history lesson because when I started in this role seven years ago, it was, it was really fascinating to talk to agencies about um, digital presence, digital marketing, uh, even, even website. Um, and I think, uh, and, and, most agencies were kind of lagging the trends in considering any of that important. Um, and I, I think it's just the nature of the strength of, of the agency system generally has been, they've been local, you know, they're local, they're, they're, they're a fabric in the community. People know them, you know, generation after generation, you know, calls on them, you know, they're involved. Um, and that's the way that they did business. And so now you pivot into a world where you know you're not constrained 
just by zip code or county lines. Um, you know, if you're successful yeah, like in a, in a niche, right, you, you can write that niche anywhere. Um, and so as this, as this movement started to take shape, um, you know, we found that, that generally a lot of agencies were just, were just lagging. Um, so seven years ago, it was just about how do we, how do we help the agency system pivot into a world that's digital? Um, because the connection points is what Chris had on, right? Customer expectations are changing, customer experience is changing. And so as we've matured this, you know, now we're talking about things like customer experience, measuring NPS, you know, as we see more and more agencies engaged there, that was always a, you know, really interesting conversation about, you know, what is your, what's your, what's your core value proposition? So many agencies rightfully say, you know, great customer service. And then the question is, well, how do you measure that? Well, so many of them didn't. When they right? call, so, we pick up the phone. Exactly. That's, that's our right. great, when, yeah, that's our great yeah. customer service. Okay. That's thanks. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this has been a journey. I think it's, it's really remarkable. Um, as I look back over seven years, it's really remarkable to see how far people have come, not just around digital, but other aspects of the, of the customer. And, um, you know, there are many agencies, you know, we talked about disruption and, um, you know, what's happening uh, to agencies and, you know, the question, you know, will they survive? Um, you know, I'm a firm believer that many will survive. And I think part of, part of what people think about the agency system is, you know, to do business with an agency, you've got to go down on Main Street between 9.30 and 3.30 you know, Monday through Thursday. And the reality is there are agencies of all sizes who are solving for digital uh, convenience for the customer um, and really wrapping around that whole experience. So it's been, a, it's been a great journey, but it's one that, you know, 36,000 independent agencies in the US, not everyone needs to solve for it, but clearly, you know, this is an area we'll continue to, to make a focus. So like, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree any more than I do. I mean, I see the, like, and I, I've said this before and I, I have to preface it because I probably have said it almost ad nauseum, but, but when I listen to these kinds of conversations from people in a position that actually are out talking to agents that, you know, I, the thing I love, is you said, this is how we measure our most successful agencies. So you know, we all know that you can do a fairly good job in this industry and do fine. But it's the, it, to me, it's the ones that are taking information like the information that you've spent countless hours uh, putting together and, you know, dissecting and, and disseminating down to something that's very usable. And I, I don't, and you're not, it's not rocket science, but you've got three things that you say, do these and you will be more successful. That is not a, it's not a hope. It's not a, uh, you know, a email blast that, you know, you're trying to sell somebody that just, that, that's a fact. And when you talk about digital to me and marketing, like there, and, and there's people along the whole scale from, from, you know, blah, blah, blah. We don't do anything to, yeah, we're locked in and we use these three, you know, we use agency revolution for mark for marketing automation. And we use, uh, or, you know, companies that are using Salesforce or Marketo or anything they're doing and just being, you know, having a digital presence, having a brand online, all these things that are so much closer to what the modern agency looks like 
that it's, 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 it blows me away. So what I love more than anything is I'll have a conversation with someone. I'll say, you should be doing this, this, and this. They're like, yeah, those are great ideas. Three months later, Hey, did you do this, this, and this? Oh, we've been meaning to. So, so as you're listening to Chris and Craig here, I'm, I'm imploring you to dig in on these things and walk away from this with a written note on your pad or on your, your iPod, iPad or wherever you write stuff down and then go do it. Don't just hear it, but go do it. So sorry, soapbox. I'm off my soapbox. Number three, one that's near and dear to my heart. Actually in my, in my world, it's way closer to number one. I know these aren't stack ranked, but data and analytics, or as they, as I'm supposed to say, I was told data and analytics. So Craig, we'll start with you this time. Yeah, this is uh, this has been really interesting. Uh, from a carrier perspective, um, we've been talking, utilizing you know, data and analytics for for a long time. Um, it, it's amazing. I would say probably over the past three years, the amount of of conversation that's been raised up um, around data at the at the agency side. And I think part of that is you know um, a lot of the the, the the large organizations, you know, the top 10 agency, you know, agency groups in the U.S., um, you know, now they have tremendous scale. Um, you know, that top 10 is larger than any time in our history, significantly larger, I think, than, than it was even just, just 15 years ago. Um, and through that scale, you know, they, they see um, data as a, as a potential competitive advantage. Um, you know, to, to, it could be, uh, things like using artificial intelligence. It could be predictive analytics to, to help their customer. Um, but, but clearly, uh, it's almost an arms race, I think, with, with some of the top firms yeah. Yeah. to get yeah. better and better at, at, at use of, use of data. Um, and that's exciting and it's, uh, it's daunting at the same time because, you know, we're increasingly in conversations about, Agency has data. We have data. How do we bring that data together? Um, what are the most relevant insights? And and um, you know this is uh, this feels like it's a it's a really quick journey uh, that many of us are, are 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 trying to figure out. But the days of you know having a single platform within an agency, uh, maybe not having all clear insights, you know, on your core business. I think I think those uh, I, I think that's um, that's the past. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a compelling vision for the future to say, we're going to use data for, for everything to, to better the experience for the customer, to bring, to bring bigger insights, to make things more efficient for, uh, for a carrier and an agent. Um, I, I believe in all those things and could come up with a list of 20 other things. Uh, but it's a journey. And I will tell you, even as we look at our, at our, at our roadmap, it's a, it's a long, it's a long journey to, it's a long journey to get there, but we've got to be committed to starting. And I think some agencies are, are already outpacing maybe some carriers in terms of the capabilities mm -hmm. that, that they're oh, starting to build. I agree. I agree. Uh, Chris, you want to jump in? Yeah. I mean, a couple of thoughts there. And, you know, I think, you know, kind of to pile on where Craig was, was saying, you know, around the, the much more sophisticated use of data, of data and um, the connectivity that is being requested of all parties and, and 
the the influx of of AI and how that's going to start you know influencing our our business. Um, I mean, just to kind of connect a couple of these things, I saw on social media that there was an agency principal on stage at uh, the best practices symposium uh, in back in January, uh, who's hired four data scientists. So you start to talk about investing in in non-core revenue generating roles. Most agencies think about a marketing professional or an HR person or maybe a CFO. This firm's saying, I need data science, as Craig said, to create a competitive advantage. But you know, I, I guess just real quick here though, too, I mean, there's you know, this isn't as this is a complex topic because if you watch 60 Minutes or anything, um, every other Sunday night, there's something about compliance or security or data breaches or what's happening to your identity. So all of the phenomenal opportunities that are coming to the world by way of data and analytics and, and AI, there's a lot of things here that have to reconcile. And I, you know, I think that that will and we'll sort this stuff out. But let's let, let's. Let's circle back all the way around on some of the simpler things with data here. And that's just as something as simple as being able to identify niches, which of my employees are the most effective, how am I maximizing my EBITDA? Because Rick, as you cited early on, at some point you're going to sell your agency internally or externally in a, in a data-rich, highly efficient agency that really knows its numbers and is managing their numbers is simply worth more money. Chris, that's a really good point, and and like I said, I think that the the data and analytics becomes the like it becomes a table stakes if it isn't already. All right, so that's that's your three. That's the big three. So now we're going to get to the plus one. So it was big three plus one. So let's recap: it's perpetuation, digital marketing, and then data and analytics. So, uh, Craig, we'll start with you. Talk to me about the what the plus one is. Yeah, so um, I, I think as Chris opened up, we started with the big three, uh, however many years ago, really to say, this is where we see agencies. Agencies focused on this um, tend to be more successful. That's where we wanna help put our resources to help agencies. And then increasingly for a long time, but probably over the last couple of years, um, we've been talking more internally at Westfield. And I think as an industry, we've been talking more intentionally about um, DNI, um, um, diversity and inclusion. Um, and you can come at that any number of ways. Um, at Westfield, you know, we're very intentional about um, how, we're, how we're focused there, whether it's employees, um, agents, customers, um, you know, the, the reality of, of the world is changing. Um, you know, the, the reality of, you know, how do we, how do we be intentional um, not just not just race, ethnicity, and gender, but even even age, even even age diversity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, you know, we may have mentioned that that earlier. Um, and I've, you know, have heard a number of agencies who, even if they can find the next generation, um, you know, if they can attract them, um, developing developing them and retaining them can can be a challenge. Um, but you know the reality is, as we look at our industry, like many industries, you know we it's a it's a business imperative. Um, given you know the general trends of the the countries becoming more uh, overall diverse, we know that that those trends are gonna are gonna continue. Um, but at the same time, I think there is this this uh, um, this age diversity, you know, generational diversity. Um, we talked about 
you know, talent attraction. We talked about, you know, the, the, the war for, the war for talent in our, in our industry. And we really have to, um, you know, open that up. Um, but it's not just about actual diversity, you know, it's also the I in DI and it's, it's, it's building, you know, inclusive environments and, you know, changing your practices and, and, you know, really looking through the world, uh, looking at the world through, you know, somebody else's eyes. So um, as we continue to focus on that, as we look at it as, you know, a business imperative, um, as well as the right thing to do, you know, how do we also help our agency force to, to, to embrace that? So um, we're on that journey. I think, uh, I think diversity and inclusion is just that it's a, it's a journey. I think it's a, it's a personal journey. Um, and then it's a, it's a, it's an organizational journey, um, but really committing uh, to being intentional and putting yourself on that journey um, is important for us and, and, and really important for the, for the agency channel. And we just recently uh, put a podcast up with Amy Wanninger, a uh, similar conversation with just specifically about diversity, inclusion, and, and the, 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 one of the takeaways from that, and if, by the way, if you're listening in right now, uh, it, go, go back to our podcast and listen to the one with Amy. It was really good. Uh, but I, I think the big, the thing that I got out of that and I kind of took away was what an incredibly positive impact that can have on, on a culture, on the culture of the business. And, and for me, when I look at that and I see, you know, warmth and inclusion and, and diversity, especially in our industry, which for so long has sort of gotten a, probably to some degree a bad rap for being an old, you know, old gentleman's club kind of a thing, a boys club, uh, you know, and again, not that this is just about race or sex or any of that, but, but just the, the culture change, especially we talked about earlier, millennials and things like that, that, that are younger and more open and ready to, they want that culture to be something they're proud to be a part of. And I think that that is great that, that not only is that the plus one here, but something that you guys are so focused on. Uh, Chris, take it home, man. This is the last point before we sort of wrap this thing up, but talk to me about your thoughts on the plus one. Yeah, and I appreciate that. You know, it was something that was, as Craig mentioned, that was emerging here. There's a great deal of focus, a lot of internal energy on it. And as recently as just in Q3 or Q4, I added the plus one to the my, I guess, my standard deck that I give as I give this big three uh, talk. Because what was happening is as I was out and about in the industry in more sophisticated agencies and going to other industry events, it went from uh, D&I being a buzzword to being almost a, cu a curriculum track through some of these larger industry events. And you go to these things and the dialogue is phenomenal and the conversation that it generates. And you start to, to see how, and it, it's happening right in front of you, but unless you stop and look at it, it's really hard to connect those dots. But some of these healthier and thriving and young and vibrant organizations are the ones who are doing this. They've got young talent. They've got people from different backgrounds and different thoughts and different orientations. And I'm sure it wasn't easy. This is not easy. Um, but the firms who are embracing it, you could look at Deloitte, you could look at Forbes, you could look at the statistics. The numbers even back up why Craig uses the word business imperative, but it's also just the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. 
I totally agree. Guys, I usually jump in more and, and make it more like playful, but man, this is so impactful. I just wanted to hear you guys talk. I wanted to hear Craig talk. I wanted to hear Chris ramble. What? I'm joking. I didn't mean that. Chris, you're... Your, uh, your words are always, always important. And I, 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 I'm, I, like I said before, I'm a fan for those of you out there listening in, um, don't, don't hesitate to jump over and catch a few episodes of the closing the gap podcast. Chris does a, an amazing job on that. It is not the very best cause you're listening to that right now, but one of the very best podcasts in our industry. All right. So let's wrap this thing up boys. Uh, the last question I always ask everyone, it's our time capsule question. We're going to record this next little bit for each of you, and we're going to bury it in a time capsule. And somebody's going to dig it up tomorrow in six months in a year. So we'll start with you, Chris. What is Chris Klein's one big piece of advice for the insurance industry? Hey, Rick, great question. Boy, it'd be hard for me to pick just one, and it would be very easy to go back to the plus one because you could tell a great deal of passion around inclusion and diversity here. Um, but you know what? I think relevant right now in the times we're in, my advice to most agencies out there would do not fear and at the same time, do not succumb to FOMO. And what I mean that is yes. there's never been a time where there are more options being lobbed at you as agency owners around technology and solutions and carriers and products and niches. It'd be very easy to lose sleep at night feeling if you don't sign every deal, you're going to go out of business. Don't. Take a deep breath, underwrite, vet, and the right decisions, if they align to your strategy, if you have a strategy, these things will crystallize. But FOMO is real and it's out there and it's being used to sell to you guys and us all day long. Don't, don't fear it. Don't succumb to it. I love it. That's, that's fantastic. Craig, tough one to tough one to top, but I'm sure you can. What is your one big piece of advice for the industry? So, so we have the benefit. I mean, a lot of what we shared today, I mean, we have the benefit of the insight that we gather from our agencies and then, you know, the time that we spent with, with hundreds and hundreds of agencies each and every year. And, and I think, um, what I would say uh, to the industry, particularly on that agency side, is um, you know the, the the threat of disruption. What does the future hold? Um, you know the, the the agency system has shown you know that even in times of, of threats, uh, potential disruption, disintermediation, um, they've been able to survive. And I think I think that will continue. But I I do believe it's somewhat blocking and tackling, but um, really focus on what's your, what's your competitive advantage. Um, you need a competitive advantage, yeah. um, yeah. define that and, and go after it, right? It could be, you know, best talent. It could be specialization. It could be, you know, a subset of those things. But I think that's also part of the, the benefit of at least the agency system is there's no two ways to do it. You know, pick a, pick a spot, um, and, you know, continue to focus on, you know, what is your unique competitive advantage? I love it, guys. Hey, this has been so good and so glad to have you on. So both Chris and Craig, it's, it's Chris, Chris Klein and Craig Welsh. Go find them on LinkedIn. Uh, they're good to be connected with. And as always, please go connect with me. Send me a, send me a, a note on LinkedIn and tell me, Tell me your thoughts, what we can do better, what you love about what we're doing. Anybody that might be a good guest for the show, this will be a hard one to top as these guys have brought 
great, great insight from a real place, which is speaking with agents all day, every day. Craig, Chris, thank you so much for being on, fellas. And we will probably talk to you sometime in the near future, I hope. Later. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. And tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode. You can find more episodes at vertifor.com under the resources tab or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it on social and spread the word. Don't forget to join in on the conversation and recommend future guests by messaging us at vertifor.